time to focus on tech. Joining me right now, Dan Ives, Managing Director, Equity Research, Wedbush Securities. We have so much to discuss. First of all, the game was a great game. I loved how close it was. But this, so much of this is about Rihanna's Apple streaming halftime show. 28.5 million viewers, just shy of last year. But this puts Apple, this is the first time, because it used to be Pepsi, this puts Apple on the map in a new way, right? <laughs> Well, I think that, that that's a statement that Cook is trying to make in Cupertino because they're investing significantly, I think, in the future in what's going to be live sports. And I think this is really just the first step to them in a broadening marketing campaign where others are pulling back. They're doubling down. But I think this really speaks to streaming ambitions, live sports, you know, with the NFL, obviously, you know, one of the areas as well as others around the world. And so as 28 and a half million households tuned in, in addition to that, Dan Ives, so many Google searches, curious to find out more about Rihanna. And as they find that out, they're coming across Apple's name. This is a big push in marketing for Apple. Um, it says 10 million were, were searching on Google, curious about Rihanna, whether she's pregnant, to see parts of the show, whatever. But that's gotta, this has got to be a big win for Apple. Was it a good decision? Well, it's a huge bet, and I think it was just a massive strategic move that ultimately is going to pay dividends for years and years to come. I mean, look, $250 million that they're, they're spending, if you look at the next five years, it's money well spent. Because when you look at Apple right now, this is the opportunity to further flex their muscles, expand their install base, but also it's about streaming. It's about you ultimately look at the services. That install base continues to be the key, even what we're seeing in this macro. I think last night was a flex to muscles moment for Apple. Interesting. So at this point now, we think about the AI race and using AI to make products better. Um, Apple, no different. But where do they fall in the AI race? I mean, Microsoft really started out with chat GPT and Google sort of debuted their Bard, which didn't do as well. You have Baidu and Baba trying to get in on this. I mean, where does Apple stand in the AI race? I think right now in the stacking order, Microsoft's clearly winning. I think Nadella... With the ChatGPT acquisition miles ahead of other competitors, Google, uh, that was clearly a black eye in terms of what we saw last week with Bard and, and some of the queries that came yeah. out of that. Look, Apple, I think they're going to reveal that in the summer time frame in terms of a lot of their AI efforts. We think they've been spending 8 to $10 billion on it if you look at the last few years. This is going to be significant how they're going to integrate AI into their iPhone, into their ecosystem over the coming years. Even though Apple's been silent here, you know, I think they're watching others come through, but they're going to be a major player, I think, along with Microsoft when it comes to this AI Game of Thrones battle. I'm looking at all your uh, your tech coverage here, some of the names, most of which are outperforms, and I see the price targets. Do any of these price targets, these are your 12-month price targets where you think fair value is, do any of these price targets feel like reaches? You have a 225 for Tesla, you have Microsoft 280, Apple 180, Uber and, and Salesforce were in there too as outperforms. Do, are you comfortable with every single one of those price targets? And do you have more of a bullish case than bearish case on most of these names? Yeah, I think, if anything, they're, they're actually conservative. I mean, that, that's sort of my view. And obviously, look, me and you have talked for years. We've seen ebbs and flows yeah. in terms of tech. I think right now you're really starting to see 
that risk on trade start to happen. You look at names like Microsoft, names like Tesla and others. And I think we're really in the start of you know what I believe is overall tech stocks will be up, you know, potentially thirty percent this year, you know, especially with many yelling fire in a crowded theater, uh, you know, as we've seen over the past month. You seemed very comfortable last time we spoke about Apple, so I won't um, you know beat the, you know, the same story here, but you did talk about the holiday season and that it wasn't a demand issue, it was more of a supply chain issue. So you're very confident in the product line, the 14 uh, Pro demand that you see. Um, any final thoughts on, on Apple before I move on to Tesla and some of the other names? I would just say Asia checks are not showing major demand cuts. And if you look at where we are today, the bears would have thought that you already would have cut 10, 15 percent instead we haven't seen any. Now, I'm not saying they don't cut a little in terms of the macro, but I think that's important in, in terms of this rock of Gibraltar tech name that continues to hold in you know, despite many skeptical on. It. And I think this is one that's, as many have talked about, I think will again be a three trillion dollar market cap. Um. I really, I see Elon Musk sitting there watching the game yesterday for Tesla. It's amazing because Tesla really doesn't advertise and they don't have to buy those ads. Um, instead, Elon Musk just goes to the game. There's the ad. Tell me, do you th still think Tesla's a big hit? Even with, a, you know, the big ad from GM, for example, all about moving into the world of EVs. Is that only more and more good for Tesla because they're the leader and will continue to be so? Yeah, I mean, look, Tesla demand right now is 2x production. And if you look what's happened in China and even the U.S. since the price cuts, those have been home run successes. That's why the stock really is up the way it is. And they're able to do it at that margin level, which I think no one thought was possible. You got March 1st analyst day, which is another catalyst, more battery technology. But I'm bullish on GM as well. It's not a zero-sum game. I think there's this tide, I'll call it a green tidal wave, it's going to cause many to benefit, including GM in the, in the 313 area code, like Ford as well. So is it a good buy to buy Tesla ahead of that March 1st date? Well, I think that's another catalyst. I think Tesla continues to be one. Many are skeptical of the rally we're seeing, like broader tech. And I think Tesla is one that continues to move higher here because of production and because of demand post price cuts. Yeah. And, you know, people are saying he was a genius by cutting those prices. And to your point, they still have the margin, whereas some of the other companies do not um, with price price cuts on the vehicles. Right. They were able to cut the prices and still make money. Let's move on to the Uber Lyft story. I mean, are you tired of Lyft? Do you think Lyft should sort of sell itself and make some sort of deal with another company? Is it too much of a struggle for a Lyft to to play in this game anymore? I mean, look, I think if you looked up disaster in the dictionary, you would have seen Lyft's conference call from, from last week. I think that was just a disaster, what we saw play out. And now I think it's going to be an Everest like uphill battle because it's a, it's a winner-take-all type market, what it's proven to be. And that's where Uber is gaining more and more success. Lyft's had execution issues as well. I think this is going to be a telling time you know, for Lyft if they don't go down the M&A route to do this uh, themselves, it's going to be, I think, very difficult, especially from trying to get to profitability. All right. So disaster for Lyft. Um, at this point, who could 
help lift? Which companies might be able to work? I mean, you have so many companies that could work with Lyft, no? Look, if there was a strategic, it would be international, you know, whether it's an Asia type of gig or sort of ride-sharing player, where maybe they would want to strategically partner to get more involved in the U.S. market. I mean, look, Lyft, there, there's a strong asset there, and, and they built that. And their, their problem is that they didn't diversify. I think they, they ultimately lost out to Uber when it came to more and more consumers. And not going international, I think, was a major strategic error. And now they find themselves being able to do that and not hit profitability. So I think they, time's ticking for Lyft to make some strategic decisions. I didn't ask anybody what their favorite commercials were, but I always love talking to you. So if I'm going to ask anybody, I'll ask you. What were your favorite commercials? Oh, I love that Ben Affleck Dunkin' Donuts commercial. I, and and yeah, I think that I and the Breaking Bad. That and the, the Breaking Bad were my two favorites. All right. So, see, I didn't get to see those somehow. I missed both of those, but I did see some write-ups on the Ben Affleck. I liked the Hellman's. I liked the crowd strike with the Trojan horse, right? Was that crowd strike? Um, there were a few of them that I liked. It's good to see you, Dan. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show. It's always. great to see you. Yeah, thank you me. so much. Until next time, appreciate it. And you've been right. You know, he's been uh, moving these stocks and they're they're moving to the upside. He's not wrong. Dan Ives of Wedbush Securities.